this is Tony Smith Jr. with Two Guys Podcast, and my partner here, Sean Herson. How y'all doing today? Sean, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. How about you? Doing great, man. The weather's nice outside. I was helping the boys with a little project outside, working on the uh, shed. We're moving the shed, getting uh, some good old country working, good old country manual labor. Now that was shed, y'all. He did not say the other word. He said shed. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I appreciate y'all moving that shed. So, yeah, them boys, how, how you like how they work there, Sean? They're good boys, man. They got good work ethic, and they know how to use the tools. Yeah, I know. Right? Ta- taught them young, taught them right, and good manners. All right, well, we're going to get into one thing right now, if you're ready to get started with everything. I've had... um some of my friends asked me a little more about your life so we're going to get in a little more about that I want you to go into detail about the dog bite and what happened with that well the dog bite man I'm not going to lie I was two years old um, I was walking down the steps every, uh, my mother swears up and down I don't remember this but I, I do uh-uh, I don't care what anybody says <laughs> I do remember this um, so, I was walking down the steps, and I was at my aunt's house with my grandmother, and they had, they had a chow, so I, I'm, I'm walking down it, and he's laying on the steps, and I step on his tail. I mean, I'm, I'm two years old. I'm, I'm still in a diaper. I, I did step on the dog's tail. I'm not even going to lie to nobody, but next thing I know, you know, I'm on the ground with a dog chewing on my face, so... I didn't know what to do, um, which, I mean, I got rushed to the hospital. I've got, I got 17 stitches in my face, half, a, a chunk taken out my ear. My eye was almost, you know, punctured. Um, he almost punctured my temple. I mean, the dog almost killed me. And he was my aunt's dog. And until the, to, to this day, I, I still have a little uh, respect for bigger dogs that like to growl at me. But... I'm not scared of them no more. I used to be scared of them. I'm not, I'm not scared no more. All right. So you gave us enough detail about that and what actually happened with the with the chow. Tell me a little bit about the trunk that fell on your head at a young age. <laughs> well, we had a Caprice Classic car, and uh, it, the the shocks on the on the trunk were out. It, the things that hold them up, you know, manually. Instead of, we used to, sh- to stick a pole in ours <laughs> to hold it up. And I was, I was digging around in there for my mother when I was young, doing something. And I accidentally knocked that pole out and it caught me right in the crown of my head. I still have an indention this day. I mean, you can put your hand back there right now and it's a big old dent. <laughs> wow. All right. Now we're going to talk about the scar from your bicycle accident. The bicycle accident? Well, I mean, you got to specify on them because here, here, here in BM, well, that's, that was our our main transportation when we were growing up. But I'm pretty sure I know which one you're talking about. You're probably talking about the one where I had to have my foot shaved off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was riding with somebody whenever I was at a young age, and I had stuck my foot into the to the spokes of the front of the front tire, and I actually, you know, on accident, and. It, yeah, it kind of peeled my foot a little bit, but I mean, I, I here here where I'm from, here in Bienville, 
man, it's it, it's it's a different world down here. We we didn't we, we didn't have a whole lot to do. I mean, there wasn't much around, so we all all the kids that group got together. We all rode bicycle. We all always you know played dodgeball, basketball, football, stuff like that. So I had a I had a lot a lot of accidents, I guess you could say, and. None of them were hospital accidents, but the dog bite and a few of them, you know. Only the dog bite really put me in the hospital. All right. How about the glass bottles accident on your feet? Well, down here in the south, we tend to like to walk barefooted in the mud and in the ditches and why, you know, while they're flooded or whatever. Or used to when we was kids. I did anyway. And I was walking through a ditch the first time and I... Walked, walked on a half-broken bottle that was mooned up, kind of in a spike. And whenever I stepped on one half, it just kind of rolled right into the side. Yeah, and then then on the other side, I wasn't even walking through the ditches this time. I was actually at the lake walking down the dam and stepped on a half-broken bottle again. And same thing happened. Two different incidents, just same same scar on both foot. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty interesting. All right, now we're going to get into a little bit of your younger age with your grandparents, and we're going to talk about what you did in the pea fields, how you got back and forth, and what stuff you learned from working in the pea fields at a young age. Well, I was raised as a, I'm a southern guy. I was born in a poor family. My grandfather actually raised produce, or he sold produce. He didn't raise produce. He, he sold it out the back of a truck. So... Every weekend he would come, he would gather at the grandkids, a majority of us, and he would take us out to the fields. We would pick peas, we'd pick watermelon at my uncle's house. And God rest us both their souls now. You know, I love them to death and I, I wouldn't have changed nothing, you know, that back then it was it was fun to us because we got paid and after that we knew we got to go to the general store. We got a coke, we got ice cream, and then we we had a dollar or, or two that he would pay us, you know, for picking the buckets, five twenty-five cents a bucket. Most of us kids could do about four buckets, you know, before we got too tired. And but but the older you got, the, the more buckets you got to pick. So <laughs> uh, then we realized it wasn't just a, it wasn't for fun no more. It, it, it was really just a job. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't change the thing, man. I, I I grew up I grew up hard work, you know, broken bones, stuff like that all my life. But I, I I don't know. It was, just, it was just it was normal life to me, and I, I you know I, I'm I'm a guy that's got a seventh grade education, Sean. You know most people won't, won't won't ever realize that about me, but I do. I got a seventh grade education, but I was a decent engineer for a, for a grading company at thirty at thirty years old. I've been a decent mechanic most of my life. I'm a mechanic. I'm actually ASE certified through through uh, Jiffy Lube through Fluids. I've got my twit card. I've got, you know, my my safe land certifications and all that stuff. I, I've actually done a lot in my life, believe it or not, and and that's hard to believe with a guy with my education. That, you know, teachers always said you don't graduate, you'll never be nothing in life. Well, that's funny because I I tend to got everything each one of them had, and I, I love it. Well, that's that's a great thing, you know. It it's not. It's not necessarily the education that you have. It's your life experiences that mold you into who you are, who you become. 
and then your experiences also teach you lessons to the fact that, uh, I was going to say, I'm get back on point here, uh, the lessons teach you how to make sure you don't make those same mistakes twice. That's true. Well, I can tell you one thing. I've made a lot of them in my life. Made a lot, a lot of mistakes. That's for another podcast. Definitely want to get into that. That's very true. That's definitely a run of the podcast. I've made a very lot of mistakes, but I can tell you one thing that I've gone through each and every one of them. Everything in my life that I've ever been through, each pain, each cut, each bruise, each broken bone, again, a hundred times, to become the man I am today, to be where I am sitting at right now. I've humbled myself down to that part. I, I love it. I, I don't want, I, I don't care if I ever leave this little town in my life. I would love to, you know, I would love to go some of these places or, or have the money that some of these people have. I, I may not ever, and I'm okay with that. But I can tell you one thing, I will never give up on my family. And as long as I'm, 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 I'm with my family, I'm the richest man alive. Family is the most important thing. I don't know what I would do without my girlfriend coming along with me for the ride that I call life. And at some point in time, we're talking about TJ, at some point in time, I want you all to get to know who I am, what I've been through. My experiences are going to be totally different than his, because I came from the other side of the country, the northern side. Um, I've learned everything that I have through what my father taught me. I'll tell you one other thing about me before we end, end this podcast. I didn't know any of my grandparents except my grandmothers. Both of my grandfathers died before I was born. So, well, I'm not going to. I had a, a, a grandfather and a grandmother that I had. Uh, I spent all my time with, pretty much. Um, I had my, my grandpa Jackson and my grandma Jackson. I love them to death, but I wasn't there a lot. And my grandma Jay is still alive today. And I, I hate myself for this, but I, I don't see her as much as I should. I should go see her more and I should try more. But I, I wasn't raised around her a whole lot, I guess. I mean, we was close to her, but we was I wasn't. I was closer to my grandma Smith and grandpa Smith. I stayed at their house all the time. And it, it kills me to this day that I, I don't know my grandma Jackson. Um, I've done a lot of stuff in my life, like I said, that, you know, I did push a lot of my people away growing up because I, I was not the person that, you know, I wanted to, or that they wanted to be around. And like you said, that's a different podcast. But I mean, I, I've, I've realized in my life, man, if you don't humble yourself down, if you don't at least try to be a better person, you might as well give up. I, and I, I'm not. I'm not gonna give up. I, I, I can't. I got a. I got a four-year-old daughter. I got a 14-year-old son. I got a 13-year-old son. That I will prove one way or another that if you put your mind to it, you can make this whole world see you. And I'm gonna make this world see me. And they better be ready for the ride. It's all about leaving your legacy, as I always say. I want to be left in this world to be remembered as well. I want to leave my footprint, my mark. I I, I want to leave my mark, but I want to leave it for my kids, not for me. Well, I can't say the same thing because me and Megan right now don't have any kids, but if and when we do, I would like to leave something for them as well. Well, I mean, I have a wife too, and she deserves deserves more than what I've ever given her. So if if I could put that girl in a Gucci store one day in my life, I'd love to. You know, even if it's just one time, and, and maybe one day I will. I, 
I may I may have to take a whole income tax and send her to Gucci and let her buy her, buy her a purse or sometime one day. But I, but that that's life goes. I mean I, I I want my wife and my kids to have what they want. And I've got a 14 year old. It ain't like I got much more time, man. I mean he he wants to be a cop, and I, I'm so proud of that. He's gonna be a cop. There, it ain't wants to be. He's gonna be a cop. So I, I'm proud of that. But he also he also wants to live that lifestyle of the, he, his favorite YouTubers and stuff like that. And I wish I could give it to him. I want to give it to him. I'm going to try my hardest to give it to him before he steps into that cop's world. Because I just, they deserve it. They're good kids. I mean, they have manners. They, they don't know it. You know, they don't think like most 14 and 13 year olds. I love it. I'm going to introduce them to the world one day. And one day when she's brave enough, I will get Megan on here so you guys can meet her. I know a lot of the listeners that know me have met Megan in person through some of the other events that we had in the past. And I need to get her out of her shell and get on here, even if it's just for five minutes, and just talk to you guys. And guys, we got some we got some stuff coming. Um, I do have a couple of interviews lined up for y'all. Um, I don't want to mention no names because I don't want to make nobody mad. But I'm pretty sure that I could say one. He's he actually pretty um he, he's a really good friend of mine. Even though I've never met the man in my life, he's a really good dude, and he's he he's got some beautiful babies. He's just he's another hardworking guy that's trying to support his family too, and he really deserves more than what he's got because this kid right here has has done a lot, and it's JJ Hughes. That boy right there, if y'all ain't never heard of J.J. Hughes, y'all look him up and y'all go check this kid out. That kid deserves ten times more than what he's got. Y'all help this boy out. Go like, subscribe, and get his music. I'm telling you, I normally would not do this for somebody, but J.J. is my man, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help him out. Y'all, so, anything to help J.J., do it, please. I'm begging y'all. I don't even care about myself. Y'all help, y'all help that kid out. He deserves it more than I do. Um, but we're fixing to end this podcast today, and uh, I'm going to let Sean go ahead and see what he got to say, and uh, in this podcast for today, we're going to go over a little over 15 minutes for today. Well, I just want to say thank you to all our listeners and everybody out there, and I've got somebody in mind for the podcast. I'm not going to say his name yet at this point in time, but this boy has been with me since round one, and TJ knew who I'm talking about. And if and when we can get him on here, you're about to be blown away with some of the stuff that he's done in the country rap thing. And I think he needs some more recognition, too. But at this time, I'm not going to say his name until everything's finished. Um, have a great one out there. And um, the main reason is we're, we're not interviewing right now is because I am just ordered a bunch of new equipment. So y'all guys, stay, y'all stay, y'all stay with me. Um, it's going to get better, I promise. Um... And, and I promise you, anything, if anybody donates or anything like that or helps, helps support our page, I, I'm promising you one thing. Everything will go into my podcast because I'm only going to make this the best. Or I'm not even going to say the best because I'm not like that. I just want a decent podcast. But I, I do I do want to say one thing to the people that are listening. I, I have nothing but love for y'all. And I really do appreciate your support. You don't know how much it means to a small country boy like me. So nothing but love from Tony Smith Jr. and the Smith family from Louisiana. Thank y'all very much. Y'all have a good night.
you start. Tony Smith Jr. with Two Guys Podcast. How y'all doing today? How you doing, Sean? Doing great. Good to be here. Glad to be here in Louisiana. That's good. Yeah, we having a little little winter weather today. Uh, we getting a little snow actually. Uh, it may not stick, but it might. It's kind of acting like it might tonight. What you think about that, Sean? I know you you from up north where 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 y'all get a little snow at. Man, we've had some major blizzards and some big ones. Been stuck in there you know, packed in, so this is nothing new. I know it's very rare out here, but that's something that's everyday life out there. That's true, that's true. I've, I've never been in a major snowstorm, man. I, I honestly tell you the truth. We, we get a little ice down here, you know, but it, it's nothing like what y'all get up there. Uh, but So I, 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 I'm ready to experience something like that, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I have a shirt on a on a funny note actually to go into that before we even get into everything today. Yeah, My man. mom got me a shirt. There's a place out there called Chicken Out Rotisserie. I don't even know if it's still in business. They had shirts saying that I survived Snowmageddon, and that was one of the uh, that was one of the biggest snowstorms. I think it was either 2004, 2008. We got about probably two feet, and I'm a pretty short guy, so you can imagine me trying to get out of my house in a two or three foot snowstorm. It pretty much you walk in. Right down. Yeah, I bet you that would be pretty interesting, pretty funny too. I fell flat on my <laughs> face. <laughs> flat on my face. Hey, we all we all do it. I, I, I feel I've done a couple of things like that in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what we gonna talk about today, man? We're gonna talk about country living, what it's like to live in the South, and some of your experiences as we go further along in your life. We'll get back to the story of your life. I think people are very intrigued by your story. All right, well, and they might be interested in a country boy like me, but I doubt it. Man, I'm telling you right now, the viewers we have right now, they they love your story. They they keep asking me, what's going to happen next? Well, hey, that's that's good. I, I hope they keep coming back, and I hope we keep being interesting and grow our podcast to the, you know, the best we can. All right, well, let's start out with a question right here. What traumatic experience have you had between 15 and 16? Go into detail. 15 and 16... Well, I broke my back on a four wheeler. I that was pretty bad. I spent six months in a in a back brace, you know, um, crammed so full of you know muscle relaxers and painkillers that I didn't I didn't know which way was up. Um, I still I still actually have the back brace to this day as a, a memorabilia um, to 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 slow my butt down on a four wheeler a little bit. So that's one bad thing. I had a, I had a pretty bad car wreck coming home from school one day. No, hit hit a girl that we went to school with, and her brother in the ass in. Um, sorry about my language, but that's, we rear-ended them, and um, yeah, it was, it was, that was pretty rough too. And we we were doing about a hundred mile an hour. We were racing another guy. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty bad, but we all walked away. That was the best part. Even the people that we hit, that that was the best part of. I mean, we were young and dumb back then, and we were doing something stupid and. We could have killed them people, and I thank God to this day we did not hurt. You know, we hurt them, but we did not hurt them severely. You know, and I, I wish, wish now we would have knew what we knew now. You know, we wouldn't have done it. But we was young and dumb, and I wasn't even a driver. So I, I mean, but 
and the, and the guy that the guy that was driving, you know, he he did slow down afterwards. <laughs> so it was a good experience for us, I guess. Wow, that sounds like a rough one. Just having that kind of thing um, with uh, with the four wheeler and being on your back for you know six months. I can only imagine the pain and suffering that you went through because I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Yeah, it, it put me down for six months. I, I I had to wear a back brace, and I literally had to turn a little crank key every day, at least four to five clicks. What it what it was doing was it was repositioning my spine. It was straightening my spine. So you, you basically had to turn these little butterfly knobs every day that tightened it up. So it would put you in a different position, like move your back daily. Oh my God! Yeah, so it was for six months doing that. I mean, it was it was pretty interesting. I welded four of my vertebrae together, L one through L four. Oh my goodness! Uh, I bruised my kidneys and stuff like that, and it for two weeks I I couldn't get off the couch. You know, it was I we we thought I might be you know partial paralyzed, but it it wasn't. So thank God. Wow. That's just, that's tragic, but you have to also say to the point that it has shown you when you were younger that you shouldn't do those things, that it taught you each thing that you experienced as far as you explain through your stories has taught you to not do it in the future. That's so true. And to value your life. That's so true. Because you never know when you're not going to wake up again. And you should treasure every day that you have. That's so true. What was your very first job that started molding you into who you are today? My very, uh, the first job I ever had wasn't a pay, like wasn't a tax paying job. I actually got hired by an older man after, during a after a storm to clean up tornado damage. Um, honestly, and we we were, we had to, we had a few houses we had to tear you know tear apart or tear down their, their garages and stuff like that. That was actually my first real, you know, real physical job. But my first tax-paying job, I was 16 years old. I, I, I was young and dumb. I fought, you know, fought every every direction I could. And so I I, I quit school at a young age, and I, I started working at 16 years old. I started at Sonic, actually, um, and worked, worked through Sonic for a while. And then, and then I went to went to McDonald's. So I, I worked until I was eighteen years old. And you know, most kids, they 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 run around and do their stuff. And I did. I, I'd run around and do my stuff. But I wasn't on mom and daddy's money. I was actually on my own money. And that that that's what made me so independent for so many years. I did. I, I there was a few years that I didn't even see my parents at a young age, at, at at fourteen, fifteen years old. And it wasn't their choice. It was mine. I was that rebellious. Wow having your first job and making your own money it teaches you the value of money and actually how far it can go that's what they say but man honestly it didn't it, it really did not i yeah I, I don't know if it souped up my souped up my spending habits or what but it, it you know most kids they made their own money they they would save some me i didn't i, I would literally buy anything that i wanted and but it was mine and that was the best part mom and daddy couldn't take it you know, if I got in trouble, they couldn't say, well, I'm going to take your car. You couldn't do that. I bought my first car. Yeah. See, you did things a lot differently than, than I did. I'm not going to go into great detail on everything, but my first job that I had, we were always a one-person working family. Mommy was home with me 
her dad was home with me. And at that point in time, I think my dad wasn't working. He was looking for work. So on my first job, guess what? My entire paycheck went to the house. They would give me 40 bucks out of my paycheck. And I, I would always question why. Well, they, uh, my, my parents did similar to that. We, uh, my sister had bought a car for my mom and dad. And uh, I was 16. I was working at Sonic, and I, I wanted I wanted a car so bad, but I didn't even have a driver's license. I could back then they had changed the law to 18. Uh, so I had went to my mom and dad because my sister had that car, and they had bought it for her because her and her husband were going through some things, and they they basically bought her a car to come to Louisiana, and that, that nobody knew. That way she could come down here and do what she needed to do, and nobody would know she was here. And um, because he, she was in an abusive relationship, and he, he, he would try to find her every time she would come into town. Well, <clears throat> I, I wanted that car because after everything had settled, and they didn't need the car no more, and my sister had just parked it there and basically gave it to back to my parents because my parents bought the car. It was a little Geo Metro. It was a convertible. And uh, <laughs> I wanted that car so bad. My mom and dad was like, look, you give me 800 bucks and you can have the car. And I worked at Sonic, you know, so I wasn't making a whole lot of money. So what I'd done, I, I, every week I was giving them, I was going to give, I'd give them my paycheck. Until I bought, I, I gave 600 on the car, and then eventually my sister needed another car. My other sister needed a car. And she wanted to buy the car, so I just sold it to her because I couldn't get my license until I was 18. But I, had, I I was riding around Sardis Lake in it all the time, you know, because I, it was my car at that time. And I was, like I said, I was a little young, rebellion butthole so I, I didn't care you know about the cops or anything like that I, I'd jump in my little metro with my six six by nines in the back and, <laughs> and I would jam across the lake blaring your music too oh, right yeah, oh yeah and and uh, something else too is I had uh, the bad part about this is I've actually got $400 worth of tickets at 14 years old for disturbing me peace <laughs> for loud music so yes you think my little dumb self would have learned but I didn't <laughs> wow my god what things could happen, and just, <laughs> you got me rolling here, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll get some of these people laughing, too. I don't know, this about. is hard not to laugh when you're, I'm just picturing a 14-year-old in a car, blaring the music down the road from well, a car you just took, and yeah. then, and then, and then being almost back to where you're trying to go, and then hearing the red and blue lights, not stopping, but turning your music up louder, instead of just kind of cruising along because maybe the cop if he didn't have your music on wouldn't have pulled you over he, he, he probably wouldn't have touched me honestly I mean because he probably was, how, what, what kind of sound was coming out of the car as he pulled up how loud was it uh, it, it was loud enough he was sitting behind the store and I was sitting in front of the store and he he let me I mean he could, he could hear every word he, he knew exactly the song that was playing <laughs> because you know, there's a song out there about police that says, F the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and back then I loved that song, and he didn't like that song. Yeah. Now I'm not too, you know, I'm not, I, I don't really jam that song too much. I, I did used to a lot, but I, I do support police officers nowadays. So I, I mean, I don't want nobody thinking I don't. I mean, I support the good ones now. There is bad people out there in all, all shapes and forms and walks of life, including police officers. How did that experience make you who you are today? Man, um, I, I've always been taught all my life, you know, you just, you you take the punches and you roll, you know, you just roll with it, you know, you, you get knocked down, you get back up, you get knocked down, you get back up, you know, 
my my little saying is, you knock me down seven times, I'm gonna stand up eight. Man, you're making me bring back memories right now. I'm thinking of that Chumbawamba song. I get knocked down, and then you know? I get up again. And, I mean... <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh, life experience is that all they do is they mold me into a better man. I mean, I, I, I've humbled myself. I mean, I would give anybody a shirt off my back, even the wor- with my worst enemy. I don't want to see him even do bad. And, I mean, that's just me. I, I do not want to see nobody do bad. I'd love to see everybody riding around in a Bentley Rolls Royce and have a mansion, you know. I know it ain't possible, but it would, it would be nice, you know, if everybody had everything the same, but it, it's just not possible. And we all don't have the same ethics either. We don't all have the same mentality. You know, I'm not, I can let anybody eat with me, but not, not everybody's going to let me eat with them. You get what I'm saying? Yes. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I could be, I can literally be around anybody and not and not be mad. I can, I can, you know, you could, you could do anything other than kill a person, hurt a baby, and a kid. I'm, I'm not too fond of that. Now, I, I have certain things about killing people. I mean, I understand there is self defense, so I mean, I, I shouldn't have said that. But if you hurt a kid intentionally, if you're, if you're out there trying to hurt intentionally, no, I don't want no part of it. I really don't, um, because that ain't about me. Okay, if you can name one thing, we're going to kind of end up on another note. What keeps you up at night to the point where you're just addressing the day and kind of thinking about what you're going to do for the next day? What is what what drives you to keep you up at night and make your mind race? Because we've had talks about how you ha- your mind goes 100 miles per minute. Well, I've got I got electrocuted and that that kind of gave me a you know nerve damage and brain damage one time. Um, I, that's later on, and but um, man, I, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's my wife and kids that drive me every night. Um, I'm I'm not I am an insomniac. I do not sleep. I I hardly ever sleep. And just about anybody that knows me on Facebook or anything like that, uh, they can tell you the same thing because I could be on Facebook at at ten o'clock in the morning till four thirty in the morning. I mean, it, and it, I I I do know drugs like so. You know, and I'll take a drug test, I'll take a hair test, I'll take whatever I need to take. I I just, I'm, I cannot sleep, man. And I, I really wish I could find something to help. My doctor, in fact, told me the only thing he thinks would knock me out was a tranquilizer. But I don't, I don't see me taking one of those. <laughs> All right, we're going to end with one more question that I've been kind of thinking about since you're talking about, uh, you know, what keeps you up at night. What is your biggest motivation in life? right now at this point in time in your life. My biggest motivation is my three babies. I'm not even going to lie. My wife's a big one, but my three babies, I, I'm pushing. I, I want to I, I tell you, look, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little secret, man. I'm, I, my kids have, they, they've traveled a little bit. My kids never been to a major, they've never been to Disneyland. They've never been to a major park like that. Great Wolf Lars, nothing. They've never got to do nothing like that. I'd love to. I'd love to be able to take them places like that. I'd love to be able to give my son these gaming computers that they want. I'd love to give them the life that they want, even though I know I'm probably never going to be able to. But I can try. That's all I can do. I can keep clawing at it. I mean, we're 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 not a broke family, but we we we're we're not we're a rich family. So I'm just gonna keep clawing until I until I get to the top. You know what I mean? So. That's all, that's all I can do. I mean, I can try. I, I can keep pushing, and I can push for them. All one can do in this life is try, and I'm going to hand that right back to you at this point in time. And Well, 
that's today's podcast, y'all, and I'm sorry we kind of got a little off topic, but, uh, you know, we just having a little fun, and I hope y'all are too, you know, I have nothing but love for my audience, and I'm pretty sure Sean has the same thing, and um, I just want to say thank every each and every one of y'all for listening on a daily basis, and like I said, if y'all do help support us, y'all can go on our, our Anchor page, and I, I'm going to post a link on my Facebook and y'all can go through there, and y'all can actually, there's actually a support button. And one thing about me is, I promise you one thing, I've got a $1,000 in, in my in my studio right now, and anything that I'm donating, anything that is donated will go nothing but to the studio, and that's a promise. But I'm not asking, I'm not begging for support. If not, I'm just going to keep pushing my own money into it, and I'm going to keep pushing. But I still have love for everybody, and I'm going to keep doing this. So y'all, thank y'all. I appreciate it. Y'all truly don't know how much it means to me. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good night. Take care. Hey guys, podcast. How you doing today? How you doing today, Sean? Doing great, man. Just living the best life I can in Louisiana. (laughs) Well, how how you feeling today, man? I feel great. Your wife just prepared one of the best meals I've had in a long time. I know it's your favorite meal, having that steak dinner tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good tonight, wasn't it? Well, man, uh, yeah, what what, what, what we got on the agenda for tonight, man? We're going to go back in with what's going on with your life. This is Country Living Part 3. All right, now, work with me. Who were the two people you were close to that had an effect on your young adulthood? That's going to be my grandpa. My grandmother, of course, but my aunt Carolyn would be another one that wasn't, you know, in the same household. Uh, they all pretty much helped raise me, and I spent a lot of time with my aunt Carolyn and a lot of time with my grandma and grandparents. So uh, I could say that, you know, them two, they, they both were a big effect on my life. Okay. Okay, we're going to go into something that's probably... A little rough for you to talk about, and I understand that it is. Um, but um, how was your transition into your early twenties after the passing of your best friend and grandfather? Well, first I lost my, my I believe it was my grandfather, and yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that hit, that hit hard. Which the, the bad thing about it is my grandfather had told me on the family Christmas before he had, you know, before he had passed away, that that was going to be his last Christmas, and I was 18 when, he, when, when this happened, and of course, I was like, you know, no, of course, Grandpa, you, you know, you ain't never going to die type stuff, but, you know, he, he had pretty much told me, you know, he wasn't going, he wasn't going to make it past that Christmas, and January 6th, he had passed away, um, he had had a heart attack when he was out in the yard, and we got called in from Alabama, and it was, it, it, it was pretty rough, and, uh, and not too long after that, my best friend had killed himself, he, uh, he had shot himself with a, with a rifle, uh, wearing, wearing my hat, actually, and uh, it was actually BJ and TJ, and uh, yeah, you're pretty right, it, it, that, that's going to be a hard subject, <laughs> like, it is a hard subject. I, me and BJ, we spent a lot of time together, and after everything had happened, 
with both of them. I, I, I kind of spun out of control a little bit. I went, I went head first into, you know, started doing ecstasy and marijuana and just doing everything possible that I could get my hands on to, other than, you know, heroin and stuff like that. I, I never actually shot up or anything like that, but I got, if I was at a party, I probably wouldn't pass it up if you being smoked um, or being taken, so I got pretty hard and heavy on them. Just thank God something pulled me away from it. And I started smoking just weed there for a long time. It was like my best friend was guiding me after he had killed himself. You know, I don't know what it was or my grandfather, father, or whatever. But it was somebody. Somebody kind of pointed me back right, and I, I, it just something told me. You know, I was going. I was going to wind up dead or in jail if I kept going. And surely, at 18, I got arrested for the first time trying to buy buy weed from an undercover cop. That was after my grandfather had passed away, and I, I dealt with that for five, six, seven years, just dealing with that because Alabama is rough on people that try to buy drugs. I mean, they they have a no tolerance law, and they are pretty rough on on, on anyone that, that has a drug possession charge in Alabama. And I, mine was attempt to possess actually, so and they 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 pretty much nailed me to the wall, and I, it scared me to death because I was a kid. I don't know what to say on that with the passing of a loved one and your best friend it's just a rough topic and I'm glad you're able to share that with the audience let's change this to a little bit of a more positive note at this point in time and when did you decide it was time to settle down and how did you meet your wife well actually uh, I got arrested and all that stuff and got out of jail and I had come home and started working for, at an oil field job in a place called Bear Creek Oil Field Disposal. And there was a truck driver there, and he uh, he had a niece, and he he wanted to introduce me to his niece. <laughs> and I, I back then I didn't I wasn't too interested in a, a, a girlfriend really. You know I, I thought I was a young, hot little stud, and you know I. I just could run around do whatever I wanted anytime I wanted and I kept telling him I didn't want to meet her I didn't want to meet her and then finally he talked me into it and I, I I took her out out for dinner and everything and I wound up you know here, here it is 16 later I got three three beautiful babies by her and been married to her for you know 15 years now so uh, obviously uh, I, I was lying whenever I told him I didn't want to want to meet her but I, I'm, I'm glad I, I, I did I truly am. Well, it looks like things turned out for the best in that, with uh, being with her and then having the beautiful babies and everything. That it did, especially with the kids. Uh, I mean, I got three beautiful kids. I got two sons and a daughter, a little four-year-old. That little girl right there can run around in circles, but oh my God, I love them to death. Yeah, your kids definitely have a lot of energy. Living here in the house, I can definitely see that they're full of energy. I wish I could say to myself that I had half of Brindley's energy. Because I just get, I mean, getting older, I get tired. And these kids run around, but they're cute. They're good kids, man. They really are. That they are, man. That, you, you, won't, you don't find too many kids nowadays that, that, that's yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir. I mean, they, and, and they, they, act, they act like they're... 13, 14 year old. They don't act like they're 17, 18, 19 year old kids now. You know, they, they don't know about half the stuff that 
most younger kids would nowadays. And I don't, I, I would call it, I don't know if it, some people might call it sheltered or what, but you know, I, I call it a good sheltered if they get sheltered. Of them. I mean, they, they get to do anything they want, they get pretty much anything they want. Because I love my kids, you know. I, I've spent, I spent a long time on a riverboat and I didn't get to see them. Um, so I did, I did spoil them a lot. And now, you know, I, I try to, I try to teach them right from wrong because I wasn't around them a lot. And there for a long time, it, you know, it, it was, it was hard on me just to leave, you know, whenever I come home. Because them boys, they'd run down to the end of that driveway and they would watch me all the way down the driveway. And there was, there was actually times that I made it all the way to Big Bird, Mississippi, turn around and come back just to get them. Because I could, I could not stand to leave, leave state without them. That must have been hard times, especially with them being your kids and all, you know, just having them, you know, see you go and walk away. Now, I got a question to throw you a little off. We're going to go back a little bit. This one's going to throw you off because I know from everything else that I've seen that you're a very creative person. I want to know how you popped the question to your wife. I, I can, I bet you it was amazing. I bet you it was spectacular. Actually, Sean, it was, it's actually really embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yes, I really is. Uh, remember me telling you about me being in trouble about the law? Yeah. I was actually in jail whenever I asked her. I was on the phone. It was. Oh. It sure was. But I can promise you one thing. A renewal, it won't be like that. It'll be It'll be a lot more romantic. There you go. Uh, because I, I owe that girl. But now, our, our wedding, our wedding was beautiful. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, we had a little country church wedding, but it was beautiful. It, it was the white dress, you know, wasn't a suit and tie, but it was dress prints and a dress shirt and a tie type stuff. You know, it was it was a little small country wedding, but it was it was a cute little wedding. Well, I'm pretty much out of questions for today. Make this one a little short and everything, but I just wanted to say thank you again from Sean Hurston and Megan Caldwell, and I'll leave it to TJ to finish up. Well, y'all guys, I just want to say I, I really appreciate everyone that's been listening. I, I really do. And I appreciate everyone that's been supporting my little podcast, and I I, I want to thank each and everybody. Um, and like I said, I do got more coming. I've got, I've got equipment coming, and I got interviews coming, so it ain't going to be just the interviews about me, and it ain't going to be interviews just about us. Eventually, it's going to be certain people, and hopefully y'all enjoy them people. And uh, maybe uh, maybe even some music for y'all sometimes. Uh, so y'all just please, y'all, y'all stay with us and uh, keep 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 listening, keep supporting my little podcast, and I, I'm going to keep pushing for it to be better, and I promise you that the content always won't be this boring tonight. We just, we kind of dropped the ball this week, I ain't even going to lie. But uh, I'm getting you to all this stuff, and... we're getting better and we get more organized and I promise you one thing next week will be a lot better so y'all stay tuned please and ma'ams and I I really appreciate it thank y'all bye